for joining me tonight. Um, this is my 10th podcast, which I've been kind of excited about. Um, so I've been wanting to start a podcast since like 2015, maybe. Um, and just never got around to it. I have a ton of recordings, uh, but it takes a while to get used to being in front of a mic and get used to interviewing somebody. So I had, don't really like any of those, or I never have really liked any of those recordings. So, But now I'm 10 in to where I've done 10 recordings now, and they've all made it actually on the internet. So... Which is a which is a fun process. I would encourage anybody to do this. Like, actually try to create something and then put it out there to where other people can see it. Um, it's a humbling experience for sure. Just because I don't think anybody's ever completely satisfied with a product that they're putting out or with the product. You know, part of starting something is you have to stumble for a while. Um, but hey. If you're listening to this, thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for giving me a chance. Um, I I really do appreciate it. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're uh, a very select few, I think. Um, I don't don't really have any numbers or anything, but uh, it's, it's definitely probably a humble audience. So if you're part of that, I very much appreciate that. I appreciate the support. I've had several people... Um, like give me like vocal support, which it's amazing how big of a difference that makes. I mean, it, uh, it definitely legitimizes the work. I think it's not a whole lot of work. Um, but there is a little bit of time that goes into like trying to prepare the episode, trying to not sound like an idiot, you know, um, and then like for instance, the other day or my last two episodes, Jeff Justice and Timothy Ingalls, um, they were, I recorded those in the same day. So, and, and I did a workout that morning. So my poor wife, I mean, it's like, if I'm doing all that stuff, that means she's just watching the, you know, our son by, by herself. So, you know, she had to sacrifice, or she does for me, for this, I guess, for y'all, um, she sacrifices enough time for me to be able to go do some of these interviews by, you know, doing what she has to do every day, which we'll get to. I mean, she loves it, but uh, as any stay-at-home mom will know, there's way more work that goes into it than you can ever imagine. But uh, anyway, so the other day I did those two interviews in one day. Uh, that I'm probably never going to do that again. It's really difficult to speak that long um, in conversation. And then to do it twice in one day, I mean, it was, I was pretty tired that night. It was funny how much uh, effort it took or like energy it took out of me. But uh, I was really happy with both of those episodes. I listened back to them and I don't know, I found them very entertaining. I was, it's the, it was, they were two of the first ones of these that I've actually felt like, okay, if I was just a listener, I would maybe tune into that. Like I'd maybe just check that out. I, I thought it uh, sounded cool or it was like a good episode, put out a lot of ideas or whatever. And then uh, I was just happy with both of them. So hopefully I'll have both of those guys on again. Um, they they got good numbers on my website. Uh, they 
passed into the two most popular uh, of my episodes. So, which was cool. I mean, it's you know I appreciate people checking out my website and stuff too. But anyway, um, <clears throat> some quick announcements. I am uh, I'm four and a half minutes into this thing and I haven't gotten to my announcements yet. So, anyway, so November twenty seventh. 2017. I actually said that wrong in my last intro, but I was just winging it. I pulled the wrong date. So anyway, November 27th, Fire Slice. It will be the first Panhandle podcast meetup. Not Panhandle Primate. Not we're not. It's not necessarily um, people who are fans of my show that are coming to it. Uh, It's anybody who likes podcasts. It's just a podcast meetup. So even if like. If you have a friend who doesn't listen to this show or whatever but really likes podcasts, invite them. I I really hope that we can draw a really diverse crowd, get a lot of different walks of life Um, because it's cool to see where podcast uh, circles overlap, you know? You might – there might be a left-wing Democrat and a white-wing Republican – uh, two different sides of the political spectrum, but they are both fans of the exact same podcast. Tune in every week and listen. So uh, it'd be really cool to, in a in a time that seems so divisive, uh, I really do feel like podcasts, since it's so personal, when you're listening to a podcast, it's just you and the person that are speaking into the microphone. So it's a, it's a personal thing. And I think a lot of times we forget that some of these podcasts have millions and millions of listens. So if we could imagine a stadium that would hold millions and millions of people all listening to the same thing and all saying, oh, shit, that was awesome. Like, imagine that vibe at a concert or something where everybody's really digging it. Now imagine that amplified 200 million listens, you know. So I think the splash of a podcast is harder to see than, like, a sporting event. But I definitely think that the... uh, that the fandom is there, but also just the enjoyment, the legitimacy of the art, I guess. Um, you know, I every single time I talk to a person and I ask them, what podcast do you listen to? They'll spit out like six I've never even heard of. And then I get into looking into them and they're super popular. So uh, it's amazing. And I, I just like to talk to people about podcasting. I think it's kind of cool. Um like this, I'm just I'm practicing. I'm trying to figure out what it what it is to have a show, what it is to have a podcast, uh, what it is to try to present a product to uh, people. So uh, anyway, that meetup, we'll just drink some pizza, eat some beer, or pff, drink some pizza, drink some beers, and eat some pizza, and hang out. Um, I've been inviting like. Pretty much anybody I've come across that I was at some point friends with. So uh, if nothing else, it'll be a good like reunion for me. You know, I get to see a lot of people that uh, – it's interesting when you start to plan something, how you start seeing people that either you're meeting new people that you've never met before or you see old old friends that you haven't seen in a long time. Um, Because I really want a lot of people to come to this thing, man, like – I've talked to uh, a lot of people, uh, and I've said, hey, are you coming to this thing? And the main reason I've been doing that is because I'm just interested uh, in hanging out with them and 
drinking some beers and chilling out, I'd like to ask them some questions, you know, um, and talk to them about why they like podcasts. It's it's kind of interesting when you start digging into people, like people's hobbies, the things that they choose to listen to. Like one of the guys I work with listens to uh, hunting stuff, but it's interesting because his hunting um, he listens to like a lot of like elk hunters and backcountry hunters and like essentially naturalists. They're hippies, you know, but they're still in that that right side of their conservatives. They hunt, you know, they have that in common. But the health stuff, um, just a side note real quick. Joe Rogan put out some dope podcasts this past uh, week or two weeks or whatever, and I really recommend a lot. Of, everybody goes and checks out. There's three of them. One's like Chris Kresher, or I think is it was Chris something like that. Um, but he was like a he's like a health detective. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But you need to listen to that one. He talks a lot about the gut biome and just healthy living in general. And then there's uh, Billy Corgan, I think his name's Corgan, the guy from the Smashing Pumpkins, the lead singer. He's on there. Super fascinating conversation. Um, that guy is like seriously next level deep. I mean, the way he talks and constructs. Uh, anyway, just listen to it. It's awesome. And then that Paul Stinnemans, uh, Stinnemans. I'm obviously terrible at pronouncing names, but. Um, all three of those podcasts he did, it was Joe Rogan Experience. He had them this past like week or two, and they were all amazing shows, just from the beginning to the end. Very interesting, highly entertaining. I recommend everybody goes and listens to those. Um, but anyway, man, now I'm ten minutes in. I haven't even gotten to the point. What am What am I doing? Um, so hopefully after Thanksgiving, I'm going to start trying to host some workouts, starting from my house. Uh, do a little run downtown, hit uh, the Amarillo uh, Bank, National Bank parking garage and uh, maybe stop in at, uh, there's a gym down here, a little gym called So Unfit. Um, I think it's like 16th and, 16th and Monroe, I think is where their gym is at. But maybe stop in there and do some challenges. Those guys just went to like some powerlifting uh event and i think they did really well i haven't they didn't post any of their actual places but all of like the whole team was putting up crazy weights so anyway we might try to team up with those guys and do some workouts and get those guys out running and then those guys get us maybe lifting some heavy weights or something anyway um so i'm gonna start i'm gonna plan those for thanksgiving um check my facebook page out panhandle primate podcast uh like it or give it a follow also if you're listening to this through my website you can also listen through um the podcast app itunes podcast app and if you can listen through that and subscribe and then give me a rating like actually give a little review and do a little stars even if it's like two stars and you say dude you suck it just it's good to have reviews i mean right now i've got two comments on the thing i mean um so, I mean, if I think a lot of other podcasts suggest that you do that, subscribe, maybe they'll get like thrown into the search engine somehow. I don't exactly know. But if you'll do that, that'd be cool. Uh, subscribe and listen that way. Um, also, um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I got an email address, panhandleprimate at gmail.com. 
You can go to my website, panhandleprimate.squarespace.com. I got fucked around on my uh, on my uh, domain name. That's a story for another time. Check out my Facebook page, or you can get on my Instagram. But also, I would encourage everybody to get on Strava, the app. It's a running app, uh, but it's a really cool way of logging uh, logging workouts and runs, and it's uh, really interactive. It's uh, like a, kind of a social media for running and mountain biking and road biking. Anyway, um, I'm on that Strava. You should get on Strava, and then if you do get on Strava, you should give me a follow. Um, anyway, so this is the portion of the show where I'm going to play a song for you. Um, this is the Arcade Fire off their 2010 The Suburbs album. This song is called City With No Children In It. Enjoy. Yeah. 
Alright, welcome back. Man, that song brings it pretty hard. Um, it's It always cracked me up because whenever I used to listen to it, it it actually... Like, he, he has the line, a millionaire trapped inside of his private prison, you know? Uh, I don't know, that's just a pretty badass line. And then, never trust a millionaire, quoting the Sermon on the Mount. I thought I was not like them, but I'm beginning to have my doubts. Dude, that is a song lyric for the ages. Oh, I can actually remember, like, when it, it was probably junior year, 2010 is when that was released. So, wow, 2010, is that right? Wow, 2010. So this was three years after I was in high school um, when that was released. But anyway, great song. So my first segment, uh, I'm going to mostly play music this podcast, but... <clears throat> I've been messing around with some different stuff and see like the whole that religion thing kind of like never trust a millionaire quote in the Sermon on the Mount kind of maybe plays into this my first segment a little bit. But anyway, so um, you would be amiss if you were to think that of a crutch as a weakness, like the crutch is the weakness. Like you used to make fun of people wearing glasses because it's like, ah, you have to wear a crutch, you know? Or you always worry about the disabled kid getting picked on or the kid in the cast getting picked on. Uh, Typically, uh, a group, a herd of people will single out the one thing that makes you different. And sometimes it turns out to be your glasses or whatever. but, um, But you would be amiss to think of a crutch as a weakness. A crutch is something that is used to overcome a weakness. So uh, a crutch can actually empower the individual. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think of a crutch as covering up a hurt knee, right? Okay, I hurt my knee, now I have to use a crutch. And we don't ever think of like a pair of running shoes as a crutch, you know? Because it's like, oh, well, I ran five miles in these shoes. It's not a crutch, but it is. It's covering up a weakness. Like your feet... You can't just go do that barefoot for whatever reason because your feet are weak in a certain way, right? So you wear shoes, you strap them on your bottom of your feet, and that that crutch actually enables you to run further than you could without the crutch on. So a crutch doesn't necessarily have to be like a sign of weakness. Um, crutches, okay, so let me progress. Um, a crutch is any form of technological innovation that produces leverage, so I, whenever I got to thinking about this, I was like a few things come to mind. Uh, orthodox science, uh, orthodox religion. Um, let's see, what else? Well, the, the, the school system, all of these things, they're, they're all crutches. Not to say that they necessarily inhibit growth or inhibit um, progression, but in a way, they actually help the progression in a lot of ways. It forces you to look in at yourself, and it 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 makes creates a certain extra. Well, let's see. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, it just helps you. It's a it's a lens, like a pair of glasses, to see the world. So, like anytime you have a narrative, 
um, it's it's building the narrative is is building a metaphor in your mind so that you can then understand the world and function properly in it, right? So you've got these di- different religious contexts where you take in the entire scope of whatever this religious movement was. And once you understand all of these different things and you continue to understand new intricacies, uh, possibly you you become a better person through it. And then the society around that religion uh, thrives. So uh, think of like the Jewish, the Jewish culture in particular. Like they really were committed to their roots and committed to what they believed in. And it kept them as a tight-knit tribe for generations and generations and helped them – you know, I mean, they, you know, were pretty dominant for a long time, considering they were like basically refugees um, as a people, as a context, as a narrative. So, uh, anyway, I'm not, I think I got way off topic there. Okay, leverage. Oh, yeah. So, I think religion and science, all of these, all of these things are, um, are just, technologies that we're using to leverage ourselves in our societies in order to become happy, whatever that means. I mean, everybody has a different way of measuring success. but um, So I I think it's interesting to view those as crutches the same way that if I want to run five miles and I don't want to hurt my toe, I need to wear shoes. Um, There are people in Africa who who can run 10 miles barefoot and they don't even – like they're not even sore. It's not even a different sort of life, you know. They a lot of people run in sandals, whereas my feet would break down because I'm used to running in. <clears throat> I'm used to running in like a pretty uh, Western, like uh, strong running shoe, you know. So I've actually, I've actually been wearing my shoes down, trying to break them down so that my feet get stronger. Um, because man, that's the hardest part about getting into running over. Over any other pain, it's the foot pain from trying to use your feet a little bit more than they've ever been used. You know, if you're not using your feet, they just like scrunch up, you know, and then you strap them in a big old tight boot. It doesn't ever allow your foot to like really get this flex and and break, you know, or like stretch out so that you have more of a footprint. Um, Anyway, leveraging technologies helps you to accomplish different goals. This is where science and religion need to complement each other. You have to learn to manipulate the ego and the physical world to create an empowering environment for you to live in. Um, that's, that's the hardest, it's the hardest thing to see when you see somebody who, um, here in a little bit, I, I'm ta- I have a little segment where I'm going to talk about blowing up um <clears throat> surfers whenever like they're in a spot and the waves are just doing great and it's just every wave's a perfect wave and they're you know you got to catch them while they're there because they're not always going to be there and um it's it's sad whenever you see somebody that's not pushed to go for it because the the moments in life that you have to really pursue what you want to pursue are few and far between 
So whenever you are given that opportunity, you need to pursue it as hard as you can, take the most advantage of it, and then and then leverage it into your life to be a happy, successful person, whatever that definition is to you. You know, I have a goal um, of climbing a V10, so a double-digit boulder problem, and a 513A. Those are two like ratings for rock climbing. And if I ever reach those, I would be... I mean, a a really solid, really strong rock climber. I mean, I'd have to work my ass off to climb those grades. Um, But then you go down to these places, like you go down to Waco Tanks, and everybody's climbing that grade. It's like you're sitting at a picnic table, and over half the people are, like, crushing that grade, you know? It's just... uh, it's just whatever environment you're in, what you're trying to do, and what people around you expect. So all of those things can combine and kind of be an interesting thing. So manufacture your life. Run, eat, sleep, uh, ingest inspiring art. Uh, something that challenges your conventions of what what you think is truth or what you think is right. You know, Find some good art that challenges you. Um, and then whose reality are you really living in anyway? Uh, I, it's kind of crazy. I've always, um, made sense of a lot of things through listening to music. And there's like, even that last song that I played for you, that it builds a narrative, the whole album. That's a awesome album i suggest anybody goes listens to that the the arcade fire is just an amazing band anyway but um that cd i mean each song they have another song i'll probably play for on this podcast sometime in the future uh called modern man uh that's just bad i mean the whole cd is just amazing you listen to it uh but it after after i listened the dexter that listen that hadn't heard that was different than the Dexter that had heard that, you know? It really, it, I'm the same guy, I've always been the same guy, but it changed the way that I viewed the world in a significant enough way to where you could say, okay, that's when he was a child, and now he is an adult. Um, So, let's see, does that make any sense? I don't know, whose reality are you living in? I guess that's all I can say about that. Um... This next song that I'm going to play for you. Okay, so I just want to read this to you. Um, this is the the person that I'm about to play for you. And I just got cracked up by this uh, iTunes uh, iTunes review is what. So uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Domo Genesis has always been one of the most laid back above board members of the odd future crew less sinister than tyler the creator and not half as inscrutable as earl sweatshirt genesis his first official studio album leans less on the crew's misanthropic weirdness and in favor of a stone soul confession and dusty 90s style beats it's a murky and marvelous outing that features guest spots from Mac Miller, Come Back, Wiz Khalifa, Juicy J, Go Gas, and Anderson Park on Dapper. A jazzy, surprising, convincing night out album for her 
a guy who always seemed perfectly content on the couch. That's a that's a pretty amazing um, review. So anyway, uh, I'm playing the song. This album, the album is called Genesis, and it was released March. 25th 2016 and the song i'm playing for you is wanderer featuring tay walker enjoy in your eyes that's what i told the mirror man it's world for the lies I'm just starting to see it clear now my experiences has grown to make me feel it's now I'm starting to lose all the doubt i had inside of my spirit now maybe i'm dying for this life all this madness and hindsight is inspiring what i write maybe i'm just a fly and getting blinded by this light renew my lease on life because i can finally buy the price maybe quitting i would hate to say for the times it wasn't there, we had to make a way Struggle gave me dreams that never take away Maybe it's a dream that I'm in day to day Or maybe I'm just faded, man hey, Maybe I'm uh. open, maybe I'm stupid Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm going out my mind Lucid living life Maybe I'm local, maybe I don't know Can I just listen to it So that song, um, whenever I hit like the daily mix on my Spotify, it was pulling that song up. But every single time that I, it was just it would only pull it up when I was running, and I could never remember which song it was. So the part at the end where that dude's like tripping out, he's laughing. You know, I think that was in one take. The whole thing uh, is what I'm assuming. But that guy's like, oh, man, you know, you killed it. Like, you're super good. And I, that always tripped me out, man. I just, for some reason, I enjoyed the shit out of that whenever that dude's like, 
so super stoked in the background. Um, but anyway, uh, podcast world, uh, I've got a little confession to make. Uh, I burned the pizza. So while I was in here recording this episode, I thought I'd set the timer on the oven to shut off after 20 minutes. Well, it was about 35 minutes whenever I walked out there. While you were listening to that jam, I went and got some more water. And uh, as you can imagine, talking for going up on 30 minutes straight can dry out the old whistle, you know? But uh, I walked out there to the pizza being pretty, it's pretty burnt. I'm pretty upset and I'm probably in trouble. Um, But anyway, I wanted to go ahead and throw that out there. Don't podcast while you're cooking it uh it's too distracting so anyway uh hang with me on this next one here so um one of my buddies Gunnar Wadowski had a party the other night and at the party um there was this dude named Garrett King who Shannon actually knew from back in the day um but anyway hanging out with this dude he's a badass photographer um, if you don't follow those two dudes on Instagram, you should. It's Gunnar Wadowski and um oh what did, I just said his name. Um Garrett King. Pretty sure it's Garrett King. It's short stash, like at short stash or something like that. That's his Instagram name. But those dudes, both of their accounts are like pretty sick. Like they take some really cool pictures and <clears throat> And I, I didn't really understand much about photography, so we're kind of talking to him. And uh, he, I guess he just moved up to the to the uh, northwest somewhere, and he said it's like badass for taking pictures. And he used a phrase. Um, let me see. I got it written down here. Oh, trying to be in the right spot when it goes off. Like he was like, he was like, yeah, man, I can't believe it. Like I'm. You know, I go to this certain spot that's very scenic, really beautiful place where the weather typically hits like perfect light or whatever and you just snap a bunch of pictures. Um, he was like, yeah, I was there the day before and it was terrible. Like nothing came out, you know. And then he was like, and then somebody's there the next day. They're a terrible photographer. But, well, not he didn't say that, that they were a terrible photographer. But he was just saying like a normal person's there just snapping with their phone and every picture is amazing because the light is going off. Is what he was saying, you know, like um, it's just being in the right moment at the right time, and you're just snapping, and it's like, dude, I can't take a bad picture. Uh, it's kind of what I was assuming. Granted, I'm sure that there's lines and the rule of thirds and all this different like photographer like uh, aspects that he's looking at in a picture that I'm not necessarily looking at. I just know whenever I look at a picture, I'm like, man, that's a dope picture. And those two dudes take a lot of cool pictures, but. Um, anyway, I, I, it it was funny because the first thought that came into my head was like, whenever I hear of like, I've heard of like something going off, it's like surfing whenever a swell comes in, I think they refer to it as like, it's blowing up, like it's going off. It's, uh, you know, it's doing really, you know, a bunch of consistent swells with really good waves. You can catch waves all day or whatever. Um, that's like a surf spot blows up. I didn't think of like photography, like you can be in a place where the light's just perfect and it's, you know, you snapping pictures and it's blowing up. Same thing with like skiing, you know, if the the mountain gets enough ski 
or like enough snow the night before and you're like surfing in powder all day. It's an amazing feeling. But I was it was funny because I was like starting to think about this um, trying to be in the right spot when it goes off and and how uh, a lot of the times that those were like more precarious situations. So like the better you the harder you can hike, the earlier you can be up. The uh, like it's like the early bird gets the worm. The person who is trying the hardest for the shot will get the shot. Um, where am I going with that? Depends on the weather. Trying to be in the right spot when it goes off. Okay, so this is the part where you gotta stay with me for a minute. Um, <clears throat> it is like we are bobbing in the ocean of time and space. We're riding the fabric of space time the way that a surfer rides a wave. You know, so you you think of a the wave has a surface that you're kind of riding, and so it kind of got me thinking about the uh, like gravitational waves. How uh, Einstein kind of predicted that there was this like one fabric holding all of everything together, and they recently with LIGO they they measured a gravitational wave. So we like to think of everything as static and still, and like people just say like, oh, nothing ever happens and. But imagine you were born on a ship, like an actual cruise liner or maybe an older like merchant ship or something, and you never got off that ship your entire life. You would be pretty good at walking on that ship because you'd walk in it all the time and it's always moving because it's on the water, you know? But there are different seasons and different swells and then there are storms and there are calm days and so but you kind of just get used to this constant flux, this always changing. And um and I I don't know it so this is uh a metaphor for um how you see reality. So we we like to think like if you're born on the ship you always it's always moving that's normal for you if you were born on the land and then you go to the ship it would feel like you're rocking and you're out of control but it's because you weren't born on the ship you didn't grow up there you don't uh you don't have sea legs as they would say um but so it was kind of interesting to me because we're kind of like space space surfers if you kind of think about it we uh, the gravity pulls us into a massive object, the, the object that we're closest to. And then we can do all this cool stuff on the surface, like run and jump and race and breathe and eat, you know? So, but the, the earth, you know, granted, granted this, that's not as woo as it sounds, this, uh, gravitational wave that they detected at LIGO, I think it was, uh, 2015, I think is whenever they detected this wave, they said that the amount that you're like part, the particles in your body moved was like 0.0 to the 30 seconds, you know, and then like a number like one, you know, very small amount. Like it, there is no way anybody, they actually never thought they, they would be able, these physicists didn't think that they'd be able to detect it. So I'm not necessarily saying it's like these monsoons or, you know, if you're in Hawaii and these massive 40-foot waves, like those are devastating and you feel them instantly and they happen very fast. But um, I was just thinking it was it was interesting if you, if you viewed it more as we're in a – like time and space is like a goop that you're stuck in, you know. Um, 
almost like an outer like uh like you're walking around in water almost that's the resistance that you feel as you like walk throughout your day is this time and space it's like uh I was trying to think of it like the image that comes to my head is maybe like covered in syrup like if your hand's covered in honey like you just pull your hand out and you you can't move your hand as fast you you have more weight on your hand it's cumbersome it's you know sticky it's gross um but the the contrast you know i i wonder if space time is the same way you know it like sticks to you like the gravitational waves anyway let's see where was i going with this um skiing depending i don't know i don't exactly know that one might have gone so far off the rails that it doesn't make any sense but that i i feel i feel like surfing through your life you've got to find the flow of your life uh too many people are trying to go they're afraid of going against the flow of their life and changing like um talked to this very sweet woman today and she was having hard times with her kid like and it sounded like all this kid does is play video games he's he was pretty young pissed off at the world i'm sure i don't know if he didn't have a lot of friends probably didn't have a girlfriend from the sounds of it and uh this alienated little kid is just being a punk in the whole in his life you know but people don't try to find sometimes people are fight need to fight out of a flow of life because typically water goes downhill so if you always just go with the water you're gonna end up at the bottom of the hill you know sometimes you got to get out of that flow you got to climb up you got to get on the stairs you got to get out exercise take care of your body like ex you know work on your mental and spiritual health both of them together um and get clear-headed man like fight the flow of your life if you don't like it do something to change uh and 90% of the time, the answer to that is stop being selfish. Like 90% of the time, that's kind of what I found. But then there's like a 10% of the time where um, you can actually do something practical like run or drink a lot of water, like drink more water. Um, anyway, I don't – this isn't like a – this podcast is not like a self-help thing. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. But so with that being said, I will jump into my song. This is – Andrew Michael Aikens off of his 2016 release. The album was called Wilderness, and the song is called The Wilderness. This is uh, one of the dudes, uh, I just met him recently. <clears throat> at uh, Gunner had this pro- this party, and I was standing by the fire, and I get to talking to this kid. And I think, I think you can expect some big things from him. He sounded like he has a pretty good plan for his next album. I think it'll be pretty uh, pretty intense. But, like I said, this is 2016 release of a CD called Wilderness, but he's a Amarillo local. Seemed like a pretty cool dude the little bit I got to talk to him. Hopefully I'll get to, to talk to him and meet him again soon. But anyway, hope you enjoy this track.
that track as much as i did um it's actually funny listening to that track um so i listened to that album his whole album earlier on spotify just on shuffle and it only played like two or three of his songs and then like kicked off i don't have premium spotify i need to get it but um listening to that song uh with you like as you listen to it it made me think of um the summer after the fire academy, which would have been the summer after my freshman year of college, me and a couple of buddies went and did like a section of the Appalachian Trail, and it was interesting because it was, uh, you know, our our culture doesn't really have any like built-in um, rites of passage anymore. Really, I guess maybe if you're like in the Boy Scouts, getting your Eagle Scout, or maybe graduating from high school, or. Uh, I didn't go to my homecoming, but maybe like homecoming or something. It's like a coming of age. But for me, it was going on the Appalachian Trail with my boys. And it literally, it was very, uh, it was going into the wilderness. Even though we were crossing roads and like we were never that 
far from civilization necessarily, but, you know, each morning you'd wake up, it was just a different pace of life. You'd wake up and you'd look at the, uh, you'd look at your map and you'd say, okay, we're going to hike 12 miles. We're gonna, we need to hike 18 miles today or whatever. It was, uh, it was just really good time, but that song, like, bring back some memories. It was pretty cool, so... Anyway, you know, I'm 40... Oh, and if it sounds like I'm talking different, it's because my family just went to bed. So my wife and my baby are in bed. I'm trying to finish this recording up. Uh, I'm going to finish up the recording tonight, and then I'm gonna probably going to do all the posting stuff, uh, which I don't really do any editing, but I'll... Uh, enter in the podcast and post it tomorrow so which i guess i don't even know it'd be uh, tuesday so tuesday before thanksgiving thanksgiving's gonna be a good time anyway so for this last segment i was gonna speak a little bit more about gravitational waves just because um so i started off with this metaphor of like bobbing in the ocean of time and space like in this like fluid um trying to refer to like basically having good light to take good pictures with like the the swell you know like a a set of waves comes in the swell comes in or you know catching the right light but um through that i ended up having to go and sit up at discount tire i was getting my tires balanced and rotated today because we're going to denver for thanksgiving to visit my sister and while i was up there i was like well it was two hour wait and I was like, since I'm kind of talking about gravitational waves a little bit in this other section, I'll just research gravitational waves. Um, and I did a little bit of research on it, but I definitely don't have a, enough time to share all the stuff that I ended up like researching and discovering. So I'm just going to hit a couple of the highlights. Um, I'm going to try to finish this thing in under an hour or so. We'll see if I can get it done. I've got one more song to play for you as well. So anyway, so let's start with what a gravitational wave even is. Um, Gravitational waves are ripples in the curvature of space-time that are generated in certain gravitational interactions and propagated as waves outwards from their source. So the way like one of the scientists said is like somebody, one of the questions they asked was... um, could it have been a false reading? Like, could could somebody have act, have generated a gravitational wave that y'all picked up that y'all weren't picking it up from like two massive black holes colliding? And essentially, what this cosmologist—I don't know, she might have been a physicist. Let me see. I got her name here. Her name was uh, oh, there's no way I'm gonna be able to pronounce this. Nergis Mavarahava, maybe. She was an MIT, but she's an MIT professor. Anyway, the way she was talking about it, she was saying, we don't have enough mass in our solar system to collide in order to create a gravitational wave. So, like, Einstein made three predictions with his, with his uh, theory of relativity. He predicted the, um, let's see, the motion of Mercury, uh, the shifting orbit predicted... So he predicted this like it, it had, Mercury has this real weird um, orbit around the sun that conventional physics up to that date couldn't really predict this like pattern. Like they they could 
they could copy the pattern, but they couldn't predict it. So um, that was one of Einstein's predictions was he predicted where Mercury would be on a certain day and he was right. So that theory was proven right. And then his other one had to do with a solar eclipse. Like the sun is so massive and has so much mass that it distorts uh, gravity enough to bend light. So during a solar eclipse, they were able to measure the deflection of the light based off of where it was because it was like behind the sun. And so they measured it like six months before. And then anyway, Einstein made all these predictions, suffice to say. But one of the predictions that he made was about gravitational waves. Essentially, imagine like a trampoline and then imagine thumping the middle of the trampoline with your finger and it's sending a wave that's detectable on the edges of the trampoline. Um, he was saying, like, is like theoretically, um, really large masses colliding would thump the the fabric of space time and create these gravitational waves that would be measurable on Earth. And <clears throat> so, anyway, LIGO was is the measuring device how they measure these gravitational waves over time. And it was this guy named Ray Rice. He came up with the concept for LIGO in like 1972. They just proved like it worked in 2015. So this guy, I think he's an MIT guy, but Ray Rice, he like spent, what would that be? 40, uh, like 47 years or something like that working on this thing, trying to get it go up and going. And then he ends up being right in, in his machine, well, which it's a lot of people, I think. It actually took uh, over a thousand people that worked on this and contributed to LIGO in order to measure this gravitational wave. But a lot of people thought that they never would be able to measure this gravitational wave. It's such a small, minute uh, ripple in space time that they, you know, it's not perceivable unless you have this like super high powered, expensive uh, device in order to, to, with lasers. Because the the gravitational wave like comes through the machine and distorts the distances, so it's measurable over like great distances with laser, like super precise measuring equipment. <clears throat> anyway, let's see here. They say that it's like on the same level as the dis the discovery of the Higgs boson, which was like uh, created through like or discovered through the uh, CERN through um, the Particle Collider, and I can't remember exactly all the stuff about that, but that's another thing. If you want to look into CERN and the Higgs boson, that's another really fun, like, Google search that will, like, take you down some definite rabbit holes. But, um, anyway, let's see. Dumbbar, dumbbell, uh, ripple through, okay. Um, <clears throat> oh, so this is interesting. The, uh, most cosmological instruments are telescopes in order to predict these things. You have to look deep into space with your eyeballs, essentially just magnifying glasses. Um, but this device is more like an ear than an eye. So what you're doing is you're measuring the amplitude of the wave and the frequency of the wave, which is sound. Um, light has a consistent wave. It doesn't change. Like So once it leaves like a blue surface it's a blue light wave you know and but see music um it's <clears throat> the pattern and the variations and the frequencies of the wave uh 
and the amplitude. So like that's what – so actually it's a chirp. The way that they can interpret this is through music or like through sound. So they predicted certain chirps based off of certain events like uh, like a neuron star exploding or a gravitational way or gravi- um, black holes that circle each other like – they say that this dev- that this event that they detected on in 2015, I think it was September 2000, yeah, September 14th, 2015, <clears throat> was two black holes that had the mass of well, one of them was less than 30 suns, and one of them was like 36 suns, like huge mass, and they collided, and that's what caused the the ripple. So. Anyway, the way that it's interpreted is is through like the disruption of the frequency and the amplitudes, which comes out as music in a chirp. So they predicted the chirp. Um, one of the interesting terms that they use, I just really like this combination of words, was vocabulary of spin. I just wrote that phrase. I'm not exactly sure what that was referring to, but one of those, uh, I think it was the that female scientist from MIT that said that, and it was like, that's a pretty cool vocabulary of spin um but the other thing that they said was cool is that LIGO helps you hear the invisible which is kind of cool you know we can never and we'll never witness that event again it's gone it just happened that they had that machine on at the just the right moment that this gravitational wave affected the entire earth like you felt it you know you didn't know you felt it but if you were alive in 2000 15 you had a gravitational wave like you know flutter through your body which is kind of crazy to think about um but so we're at 58 minutes now and i've got one more song for you so this uh this last song i'm going to play for you is um a rapper by the name of isaiah rashad this uh song is called for the squad so it's like four r d a and then squaw so for the squaw i don't exactly know so but anyway the the album is called the sun's triad it's 2016 hip-hop slash rap um his name's isaiah rashad this is a really cool song this is one that came up um while i was like running so i started listening to it just through spotify i kind of stumbled onto it i guess through kendrick lamar i think he's part of top dog entertainment um so he's a great rapper he's got some a lot of other great songs as well so you should definitely check him out uh anyway thank you for listening thank you for making it an hour into one of my shows this is my 10th show um which is funny i told my wife I told Shannon that uh, if I made it 10 shows in, I would consider myself doing a podcast. Before that, um, I wouldn't really take myself serious. But So I'm 10 podcasts in now, and um, I'm really hoping to continue rolling with this thing. Let me know what you think. Reach out to me on Facebook. Um, check me out on Instagram. Or uh, hopefully I'll see you November 27th at the Panhandle podcast meetup so like i said isaiah rashad enjoy the show peace be tight as fuck turn up turn the light off dance turn it down hey you roll up you roll up for the boys 
for the squad. No, that's that's Ty Job right now.